those of you who got an invite, welcome to Nerd Prime. <laughs> no matter where in the world you are, we're all Nerds International. With the hyphen. I'll go funny joke. Go on. Go on. This is going to be good. Go on. Go on. Hi guys, James Clark's here today because Nick couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Uh, oh. oh. <laughs> Coming at you live from Mordenkainen's magnificent mansion. It's me, James Clark, and me, Harrison Hunt, aka Biscuit Boy. And we are the Tabletop Twats. Twats. Yo, man, this is an RPG show all about RPGs, and we've got a bloody show for you today. I tell you what, James, it is going to be an absolute corker. It's yeah, going to be a good one. It certainly is. We've got James Clark filling in for Nick, because Nick's only gone and bloody got himself a new career doing bloody office work. He's wearing a tie. I saw a picture of him, James. Oh, God. He doesn't know how to do it up. He's only got him bloody put it round his head. But we've got all the regular shit. We've got what you've been saying. We've got the main subject. And today we're talking about something extremely bloody controversial. And we've got Adventure Call. And then, of course, we've got your Electro Letters, where we've asked you to tell us about your most controversial moments in your gaming groups. Oh, God, it's going to be so sexy. Sexy to the maxi. Exactly. James is already... He's nude. He's oiled up. So... Mm. Let's get into what we've been playing. Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? So, we played Vampire this week. Yes, we did. Um, it was cracking. Did you like it? Was it nice? <laughs> it was. Uh, our campaign, our vampire... Our vampain. Our vampain. Why did we never call it that? I don't know. Our vampain ended. Oh, no, we called it a campire. No, that was because of Nick. That was, yeah. So, um, yeah, the vampire ended. Um, yeah, it was really sad that it ended, but I think you did a marvellous job of wrapping it up. It was pretty intense as well. I don't know if uh, the listeners, I can't remember. I have well, listened to all the podcasts, but I can't remember where you left it off. Yeah, kind of with, with the campaign. I mean, the, the vampires uh, as a team sort of working for the Camarilla were investigating this, this whole... Um, uh, sort of vampire hunting um, a group of people called the Chandrian, and, and and eventually, yeah, they they hunted them back to their their headquarters that was there was an island, and when once they got there, they realised that um, in fact, uh, yeah, it was it, they they were like not a, a group of people, but an entire society, and they they would uh, the, where we last left it off was that they were just being hunted down, basically. Yeah, it was and, horrible because. Um, well, after that, after that episode, we the entire party, including Harrison, who DM'd it, just said, "We don't know how we're going to get out of this." I honestly had no idea, and um, yeah, ended up with everyone trying to sort of scatter, and you guys got captured. Yeah, I was trying to make an escape. I managed to use uh, my celerity, which gave me extra uh, extra turns or extra actions. Um, Super fast so, vampire speed. Yeah, exactly that, and I tried to sort of run away. Um, I managed to sort of run away, but then not really because I got captured. Well, everyone else, um, for for those that don't know, in Vampire, when you get when you get killed and you're not um, 
you're you're not killed without great damage you're going to torpor and basically a lot of the characters went to into torpor which is like a deep sleep for a very long time so yeah you guys um basically got got knocked out for a year kept for a year by the um by the chandrian and then when you woke up they they gave you this offer that was like okay you can work for us go and kill your prince or you're gonna have to fight us and it turned out that the guy that you were fighting was in fact Abel, and it was Abel from Cain and Abel. And and for for again those that don't know the the law of vampires that uh, Cain was the first vampire, and the reason that he was sort of uh, cursed with vampirism and vampiric powers was because he killed his brother Abel. But in this version of events I sort of rewrote the law and said that he didn't kill Abel he actually just thought that he did and um, that thought was enough to sort of punish him basically um, and Abel was trying to get his own back on his brother and he'd managed to put his consciousness into into a computerised device which allowed these Chandrians to have like this super advanced technology which so yeah well, the vampires basically spent all this time uh, advancing Society, whereas the Chandrian spent all this time advancing technology, and that mm. was sort of like the two, uh, like warring factions, and it was really cool. And what did you guys choose? Well, <clears throat> we were given the choice, we chose to fight, of course, and believe it or not, they bloody won. And it was really good, actually. It was a cracking yeah. fight. They basically like fucking fighting this massive supercomputer up near space, and they, they they realized that actually this island that they were on wasn't an island on the ground. It was basically a giant floating mega ship that yeah. that had like this uh, like um, biological biome on it with all these plants and stuff. But we managed with just some superior roles, and you know, just thinking up these interesting techniques and finding oh there seems to be a weak spot with this version with this type of attack then after you know we've managed to do it a few times and we kind of we mucked him up quite a bit yeah yeah you you bit the shit out of the computer you smashed it up you did all of this mm. and then jumped in a jeep and and basically had no option but to drive off the side of the island and and plunge to your deaths on the earth and yeah it was like a really sort of chaotic we were, you know, left the sort of headquarters at the top of the island where Abel was, and then after we killed him, we managed to jump in the jeep. Uh, in doing all of this, like, all of the other Chandrians evacuated. They just left and absolutely ran for it. And we were trying to get in these escape pods and stuff, and um, turns out there weren't any. So as we were driving around in this jeep, we came across, you know, so many other people being left there there was a bunch of children that were left there it was horrible because my character who's always been quite nice and at the beginning started with full humanity um she had to mow down a bunch of children and she was hating it but yeah we drove off the edge and it was um it was spectacular we were like trying to do the final thing to see if we could survive the fall and as we were falling we were actually coming down on top of New Lincoln, which is the where the entire campaign had been previously, and where where our you know our va- vampire city is basically, and um, we just tried to save ourselves and didn't, except one. Except one, yeah. Derek managed to save himself because he transformed into a bat when you were falling. Gee, and, uh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, it was so funny because the, the 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 coolest thing about it was that he he survived. He went and reported what he saw to the prince. The the ship crashed into a neighbouring city, and uh, then 
the prince went and reported all of this stuff back to his superiors and reported it all that he had done it that he destroyed the Chandrian. He stole the glory. He stole all the glory. He's the worst. You guys obviously... went down in history. Well, or more accurately, you did not go down in history. Yeah. You were forgotten. We built up this, you know, this presence of us. We owned a club. We did loads and loads of stuff. And our one survivor, Derek, um, was going to hopefully live on, live on our legacy. But he didn't even get to do that. Because he got so enraged by them taking the credit that he tried to attack the prince and he was killed almost immediately. Went down on a blaze of glory, though. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was our vampire campaign. I mean, uh, for anyone that's been following it throughout the episodes, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, at some point, we wanted to chronicle it on, in some way. But, um, yeah, basically, it was a really cool ending. I wanted to end with something spectacular. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that will say that that sort of um, technological stuff and that, that epicness of it in the end is not what vampires about and I rewrote too much of the lore but um, I like to because there was a player at the table that really knew about the lore and I thought if, oh, yeah. it, uh, there's no way I could surprise him if I didn't do something like that yeah you um, had to you know you always have to think about your players if you can and write for them because if they know everything then you're going to be against someone who's just going to know all the tricks. And exactly, and I wanted to play against hype, do something surprising, have something completely otherworldly and fantastical, and that's and that's what I did, and I thought that was pretty cool. Within the world of Vampire, that's something you wouldn't see, and I really liked the ending, and I thought sort of having that sort of no-choice ending of you guys dying, I really wanted you to get out of it, and I wanted you to think of a way, but in the end, time ran out, basically. Yeah. You know what I like about your ending, though? Because when I did my... Uh, Pathfinder campaign it got to the ending and then I just went right that's the end and then I just gave some summaries and sort of what happened next and then and in the next week I typed up a uh, uh, what's it an epilogue is that mm. the right term yeah and sort of asked them to ask me questions and sort of just said stuff about it whereas as soon as we killed Abel in Vampire we'd won mm. but then you know, you carried it on and we were trying to sort of get off the island and everything else. And, you know, I think it's it's good that you did that. And I thought it made it, yeah, it just made it really epic and fantastical. Yeah, because I could have just said, okay, uh, you guys have finished the campaign. You tried to drive off, but you die. But instead we played it out. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Now it's time for the final battle. Magic Missile! On the What You've Been Saying sex segment, we often talk about stuff that we bought uh, recently, new products, new RPG products. And I went into um, my local game store recently, and pe- pe- people know like that I don't like to go there because they give uh, quite terrible service. And uh, yeah, The guy's just really up his own Yeah, ass. he's very elitist, isn't he? Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so I went in there and I was looking for a present for Nick and I got him a, a pretty cool present, but I'll probably speak about that on another podcast. And while I was there, I noticed they had a bunch of um, a bunch of indie RPGs that were discounted because obviously nobody bought them. And I found one called Terror 13, a horror RPG by Eric A. Kugler, right? And this was discounted to £10. It's quite a sizable... Um... 
Yeah. Book, to be honest. Yeah, so it says Terror 13 is a horror role-playing game that focuses on telling gothic, Victorian dark romance and other classic types of horror. The intuitive conflict resolution system and the clever pacing and framing techniques will aid in telling supernatural and cosmic horror stories as imagined by masters like Shelley, Stoker, Hawthorne and Poe. So, um, yeah, it's basically like a classic gothic horror novels and it even calls campaigns novels in this. And it's got, like, cool uh, fucking illustrations in it, and it has uh, loads and loads of magic in there. So I don't know about this game at all, but that might be one to check out for listeners if you haven't heard of it, Terror 13. I suppose if anyone has heard of it, then let these twats know, because it'll be interesting, and it'll it'll feed into my game group, and then I'll I'll know about it as a result. Yeah, let us know if it's actually any good, because I don't know. I picked it up because it was £10. And so, um, if it is actually decent, I, I would really, really love to play it. And I, well, I intend to play it actually, but um, I thought that's a bargain. I would never, yeah. never pass that up. We, and I also, we have the intention to play everything that us as a group owns. So precisely. That's, and that's a lot. I picked up as well uh, Shadowrun 2nd Edition, mate. Right. I already um, own 5th Edition and played the fuck out of it. Um, well, I had played the fuck out of it. And it tend to carry on. But I got second edition as well because um, I played a bit of the Shadowrun adaptation of second edition. No, the Savage Worlds adaptation, <laughs> should I say. <laughs> yeah, because our friend Manuel did that. And this uh, version of Shadowrun is a little bit different because it was what the uh, they imagined it to be, uh, like the future to be in the, early, the, the late 80s and early 90s. So it's like no wireless hacking, you know, laptop is the size of a fucking fridge, like that kind of shit. And so it's kind of different. Um, Yeah, Shadowrun 2nd Edition. And I picked this up for 15 quid on eBay. Mate, that's cracking. I know. And uh, yeah, the the, the artwork's amazing. There's a lot more packed into this book, I will say, than there is in 5th Edition. The bestiary in it is is a thousand times better. I was going to say, one of the highlights that you've already spoken to me about is the bestiary. So yeah, pretty chuffed with that. And yeah, basically those are my sort of gaming pickups for the week. So those are a couple of things to check out for listeners if you can. If you keep your eyes out for Shadowrun 2nd Edition and Terra 13 if you can. Because uh, yeah, both of them are, look to be very fucking good. That's what we've been slaying this week. Bye! <laughs> Main. Subject. Main. Subject. Sorry. Fatal, or From Another Time, Another Land, is a role-playing game like no other. Fantasy gamers have never seen this degree of historical and mythological accuracy, nor detail and realism. Right. So, we're talking about the extremely controversial game Fatal, Controversial because it's purposefully graphically extremely violent and sexual and does both things in the most immature and pathetic way possible. Um, James, I don't know if you've heard of this one before, but I've just asked him to get the PDF on his phone and look at the cover. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Wait, they said it's historically accurate. Yeah, so historically accurate. So, so describe the what you can see there on the cover. Right. So, firstly, there's a guy with the you know, clean-shaven beard with stubble, and he's got basically got uh, what's that? Is that a a mohawk? 
No, it's it's, it's a like mullet. A, yeah, it's a mullet. I mean, they, they, yeah. that was a popular hairstyle back in the old medieval ages. Yeah. And of course, being being who's he being attacked by there on the cover? He's being attacked by a blue guy with curly hair and an undercut, also with stubble. You're never going to guess what those creatures are, James. I'll, I'll reveal this later, but you you will never fucking guess right, what those are supposed to be. There's a few of them sort of in the background. One of them's dead on the floor. Then there's a naked woman who's clearly wearing makeup and who's like. Well, that's the thing. If you're going to get kidnapped by those blue people, which I will reveal later who they are, you're going to put a bit of, bit of slap on first, aren't you? Yeah. The Got fact of the matter is, is, yeah, this game is very, very famous because it had, um, it did a lot of things which were extremely controversial and pissed a lot of people off. I and just realised the um, main guy on the book cover also has wings with, uh, with a couple of spikes on them. Fantasy gamers have never seen this degree of historical and mythological accuracy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about them. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, basically, yeah, this game is really famous because it did a lot of things that pissed people off and stuff like this. And um, I, I've, I've read I've read it now, and I'm going to do quite a, a review of it. I've done a couple of test, test runs by myself. I've, I've had a good look at this book, and we're basically going to have a good look at this and see, does it deserve to be as controversial and as hated as it is. I've just seen something on the front cover of at least the PDF that I've got. Yeah. Free CD-ROM inside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. There is a reason that it has that. So, um, yeah, uh, the quote that I read before about the historical and mythological accuracy is a quote from the back of the book. And anyone that's heard about this game will know what a complete and utter joke that quote is. I mean, we've already got into that from the cover but to start this game is not mythologically accurate or historically accurate in any way shape or form in the opening paragraphs explaining the accuracy and i'm saying that with air quotes right the writer byron hall basically explains that because fantasy is fantasy he's dispensed with whatever mythological like accuracy feels like so he basically took out all humans of color so like all humans are white in this game right (laughs) and he says that it takes place in a european based medieval world where christianity never existed so that all of that like myth is gone so there's mythological accuracy i fail to see how like that has any historical accuracy whatsoever because he basically says it's historically accurate except the bits that aren't which is most of it (laughs) so basically like what what's the point in boasting that that's the main feature of your game well it isn't at all no it's not Man, it's so annoying already. Because it's a fantasy game, so it's an outright lie. It's like I, I don't have a, I don't like have a problem with it not being historically or mythologically accurate. Yeah, but but it's was... like, but it's like, why bother saying it? Just but... say this is a, this is the best fantasy game ever made. That would be a better thing. But to But you say. know, it's retarded, right? So it says that on the blurb at the back. Yeah, but fatal actually stands for from another time, another land. So that, even the title fucking contradicts even, it. Yeah, it, the whole thing contradicts itself. I mean, was he on drugs when he did this? It, he must have been. It's it's so stupid. The thing is, it doesn't matter if you want to be a fantasy book, but don't say that it's fucking accurate to, like, real fucking mythological shit or real history when it's a fantasy and even the title contradicts it. It's just <laughs> like you said. I mean, so, like, all of that shit, right... You can bitch about that for hours, right? And it's like, you haven't even opened a book yet. 
No. That's that's how bad. That's, that's how bad this book the front is. Page at the minute. It's so bad, James. It honestly, it gets worse. This it, it gets so much worse than this. After the bit about how the book is accurate by not being accurate, it has a warning. It says that the author of this book treats sexual themes with respect, which I want the listeners to remember. This I, I want you all to keep that in your mind as we dig deeper into the book. But he fucks this up, even in his explanation. So here's a quote, and I'm going to have to bleep some of this. So this is a direct quote from the book. The rules of this game avoid obscenity. For example, it is possible to determine a character's manhood, not cock, or vaginal depth, not depth. (coughs) So he used an obscenity in the book to explain that he won't use obscenity in the book. It's another. It's another contradiction. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. Uh, Anyway, so there's a bit about necessary gaming materials, right? Afterwards, it sort of gets into like what an RPG is, how to play an RPG, all of this stuff, and then it says what a role-playing game game is, blah blah blah. Um, Whenever I get a new RPG, I usually skip this bit, right? I usually just fucking go right past it. Um, however, there was something here that caught my eye. There's a section labelled math. So, well, yeah, there's obviously math involved, right? There is in every RPG, but you never, like, see a section labelled that, right? Because no books usually need to explain that you have to do maths. Well, no, it's just... It's just so, it's just, yeah. there's a quote. Here's another quote from the book. Players will not need math that is more complicated than basic algebra, and even that is relatively rare. <laughs> algebra so the thing about it being relatively rare is actually bullshit too because ability scores are basically determined by calculating the average of sub abilities and these can be modified by several different conditions during the game which basically means you have to constantly recalculate averages of ability scores all the time it sounds like ridiculously needlessly fucking complicated right i'm just looking yeah so like like but anyway don't worry because that's the only bit that's needlessly complicated (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, that sounds sounds true. Sounds convincing, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, let's move on to character creation. So first things first, you go to page eight hundred and thirty-seven of the thousand-page rulebook and what? print the eleven-page character sheet out. H- how many pages? Eleven pages. Why though? The character sheet is eleven pages long. <laughs> Why though? And right, the the character creation process takes four hours. What? Basically, there was some. There was an Irish podcast a while ago. Like, um, I think back in 2011. I forget what it's called, but I'll put a link in the description. That um tried to, to create a character in the shortest time possible, and it took them four hours. So oh that. Oh my god. So that's why the CD-ROM was included with the game because they he had to make a character creation utility because the character creation is so complicated. Oh, I've just found it. The character sheet. Yeah. 11 um, pages. Sorry, sheets. Yeah, it, it even is, calls it, it character it sheets. It's plural as well. Oh my God. It's horrible, isn't it? It's just, it's way too much, man. But yeah, of course I don't have the fucking CD-ROM because of course I didn't fucking pay for this piece of shit um, because I borrowed it from a friend. I didn't pirate it um, and my friend lost the CD. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a fool. Um, yeah, so 
before the races in the game, right, you got Anakim, which is the guy you saw in the front with the wings. Uh, you got Bugbear, Black Dwarf, Brown Dwarf, White Dwarf, Dark Elf, Light Elf, Human, Kobold, Ogre, Cliff Ogre, and a bunch of different trolls. And you know those blue dudes on the front? Mm-hmm. Those are kobolds. Right. So now James is looking at me funny here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh my god. Yeah, the races are all pictured. Uh Uh-huh. How are they how are they pictured there, James? Uh they're pretty good drawings, you know. They are actually good drawings. You gotta give them that. But they're all naked. Tackle out. Yeah, mate, they're just dicks. And I think it's quite funny, right? The kobold is standing directly in front of the base ogre. Yeah, like, for some reason, it's okay to see bugbear penis, but ogre penis is where he draws the line. Yeah. Literally draws it, draws a line. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't fucking, I don't fucking get it. I guess, I guess, you, I guess it's for, like, anatomical accuracy. Yeah, but how but is then, but then, But then look at the troll. Is it the troll? The troll's wearing, like, a little, like, a strap on, and I don't know why. I just don't know why. Wait a second. No, you can't even see the, the troll's... I'm just, I don't, Wait, I don't know why I'm trying to look at this. No, I'm, coming over there. I'm just looking at too many dicks. There. Yeah, the troll, the hill troll, look. Uh, where is it? Look, that black thing. It, what? Yeah, what is that? See? What, what is... I thought it's... We're just non-existent. No, see, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Oh man, this is stupid. The only remarkable races in the game that you don't see much in other games are the Anakim. So that's the angel guys, right? With the mm. wings. So they're basically the offspring of fallen angels. They're really bloody tall. They've got wings. And they're often the result of an incubus or succubus mating with a human. Because of their fiendish heritage, they have to take 1d10 features from a d100 table of traits for Anakim to have. Um, none of the none of the other races have a table like this. So I assume that Byron just got bored after doing the first one. Some examples. And you're going to like these. The Anakim is addicted to vaginal or penile carrion. <laughs> what? Once a week, they have to kill the first member of the opposite sex they see and feed on their sexual organs. What? Yeah. Wait. The, okay, wait. All right. The next one. The Anakim has blood for sexual fluid. What? Yeah. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna talk about how fucking stupid this is yet. Just save it because later. Believe me, it, this actually it actually gets worse than this. So now a lot of the world building, if you can call it that, is done within the race section. It's kind of boring and not worth mentioning. It's not actually that terrible, really, but it's not great either. But for some reason, every single picture except a few is sexualized. I know you're looking through the book as we do this, so I haven't seen any other images. Uh, well, they're pretty bad. I mean, the the um. So, for example, the brown dwarf is pictured sneaking up on a sleeping naked human. The white dwarf is pictured transforming into a half-human, half-butterfly, who is, of course, naked. Which yep. ma- which makes sense, because, you know, you don't wouldn't transform with your clothes. But the text says that they transform into butterflies, not half-human, half-butterfly hybrids. So the picture is actually incorrect with what the text says. So another... Um not contradiction contradiction well done yeah. Byron the kobolds are just small humanoid creatures and in this they're depicted enslaving two humans whose clothes they've just taken of course which makes perfect sense the ogre is seen spit roasting an unlucky human which isn't a sexy picture but 
It's just graphically violent. However, part of me does think that Byron would have specifically picked that cooking method because it's also a sexual manoeuvre. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. And for the Vore fans out there, one of the other ogre breeds is seen swallowing a human whole while another one knocks on the door to a hut saying, little girl, let me in. <laughs> Sorry, I've just, come, I've, just, I've just seen that. Yeah. The problem with all of this, right, that I find is that like not a single bit of this is tasteful. Do you know what I mean? Yep. None of it. Yeah, no. Do you know what it reminds me of, right? It reminds me of the sort of drawings that the weird kid at school would draw in his in his little textbook and then the teacher would take it off him and he'd have to be like suspended from school and a bit have a serious talking to for being yeah. a fucking weirdo. And be given like counselling and And then they'd find like a knife in his locker. Yeah. Like like I'm actually not even joking. There is a kid that went to our school who is now in jail, and I think you know who we're talking, and I'm talking about here, James, who did drawings like this in his textbook. Were they as dark as this? I didn't. Yeah, I never yeah. Saw them for real. They uh, were. Is that the one of the ones with the long hair? That's him. That's the one I'm talking about. The really yeah. sporty one. Well, kind of obsessed with wrestling. Yes, that's him. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So, so like for real, that these drawings remind me of him. Like they're actually psychopathic. Violence. There's nothing wrong with violence or sexual themes and things like this. But these drawings and stuff like all the artwork and the way it's depicted here is just. It's not tasteful. It's not done well. It's not clever. This. It's just shit. <laughs> that's the biggest crime of all of it. Oh, God. But anyway, there's a lot more art to come. We've only really just started. So, anyway. Anyway, there's a... After all of the races, there's a racial hatred table. And actually, that's pretty cool. It shows how much tension there is between all the races. And it's an easily referenceable table that's decent and quite easy to use. I actually quite like that. There's actually one table. That's okay. Yeah, it's all right. And as I was saying earlier, character creation takes bloody ages because this game is overcomplicated and is a fucking joke to play, even, right, picking a gender. So, for example, if you want to be female, you get a minus five to physique, physical fitness, minus 30% to strength, plus three to bodily attractiveness, plus 3% to facial charisma. What is this? Plus two to language intelligence. Minus two what? Percent? Yeah, plus three percent to mathematical intelligence, and so on and so on. And that's only half of the stats you get just for picking a fucking gender. Not to mention, right? Minus three percent to mathematical intelligence because you're a woman. <laughs> hang on, a, <laughs> hang on a minute, Byron. What? Um, so I'm not going to be like fucking ooh, SJW and all of this shit. But he mar- he marginalises both men and women, right? And uh, he tries to back it all up that by saying there's like an explanation paragraph where he says all gender modifiers are based on scholarly literature, but his only research comes from Aristotle. That's it. And he closes the chapter out by saying his own view that, and this is the direct quote, females are better suited for interpersonal and familial relationships where their bodily attractiveness and language intuition and reflection are most influential and dominant over that of males which is like <laughs> really bad wow yeah um i mean it's like well if you wanted to have a, a fucking like medieval game set in a male dominant society you could just fucking say that yeah. why be a fucking dick about it and try to fucking do that so he's 
not only a, a racist, but he's massive sexist. I know. Like, I I mean, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. It's so bad. Although I did spy something, and I don't know if you were going to pick up on it later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, James just showed, there. there is a page later on where there's a marijuana leaf behind every bit of text. Yeah, so he must have been... He's absolutely on... smoked to buggery for the entirety. Listen, of his we life. can't say that. We can't say that. But I, I definitely think maybe, probably. Um, Jesus Christ! I mean, this this really is bad. It well, really this, is, this this kind of he... stuff that's coming out that you're you know reading from the book and and all this stuff. All of this stuff kind of reminds me of the t- kind of deep conversations, the kind of things that people who enjoy that particular herb get into yet from someone who's properly fucked up so imagine a psychopath getting very very stoned and then trying to speak deeply about their feelings it would all come out like this i know exactly you know what you're right that's what it seems like it seems like the ramblings of a stoned madman because I think it's great when it's just... It's fucking mental. They're just like, no, women are great, yeah, but they're better at, like, familial relationships because of their bodily attractiveness, man. Oh, and you're big like... Big words, yeah. Yeah, maybe I, I don't want to smoke with that guy anymore. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I don't want to associate myself with him anymore, ever. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, something as simple. It should have been a sentence. Pick your gender. Do you want to be male or female? That's what it should have been. Fuck you, Byron. Yeah. 내 이름은 개브리 가각스고 내가 러시아 애들 패고 있지 않을 땐넌 테이블톱 투어스의 방송을 듣지 So then you have to pick your age, lifespan, add lifespan modifiers, height, add modifiers to height for weight, strength, bodily attractiveness, and race, even though you haven't determined your weight yet. So determine your weight, then go back and do that, then put your BMI on your sheet and add your BMI modifiers. Wait a second. <laughs> I've just realised he's missing something out. What? What about the favourite colour modifier? Oh shit, we forgot the favourite colour modifier! Fuck. Jesus Christ! We're gonna have to go back to that. Well, add that again to the to the you know how strong is your hair modifier? You know what? Um, this is gonna sound because we just made that joke. This is gonna sound like bullshit. But then of course you need to add your body part proportion modifiers: <laughs> left foot, right foot, left lower leg, right lower leg, groin, lower torso, upper torso, left lower arm, right lower arm, upper arms, face, and head. Then roll on the most attractive and repulsive feature table. Pick hair color, pick hair length and thickness, eye color and arm length. <sighs> I've just realised something he's missed, but genuinely. Go on. The back. Okay. I know, Torso, you could probably argue... You know what, I think that's the same. I think I think actually that goes into one in this game, but you, you fucked up, Byron. You didn't measure the back. Yeah, you know, because, yeah, you can... Yeah, I know your torso is the whole thing, but if you're picking all the features of each section of your torso, which is gener- generally considered the front... I've got to be honest, though, James. There's, if there's something this game doesn't need is more complications yeah but he's, if he's gonna do it do it he's right gotta do it properly isn't he the you're gonna like this right you're gonna like this the last bit is the sexual features section which is as long as the entire rest of the body section what yeah so you pick the areola diameter areola hue nipple length an- anal circumference what <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. It's all here. And then it talks about some pretty gross stuff that, honestly, is actually too gross to go in here. And I'll tell you about it when we go on a break or something. <laughs> what page is it? <laughs> uh, 56, I think. Oh, my God. That's so early on. If I recall. I know. I know. I know. I know. That's what annoys me about this fucking book. Why is it in such a stupid order? The character sheets are... 
Oh no, I just realised the reason why the character sheets are all at the end is because everything else is building the character. Yep. So character sheet is No, on trust page me, what? trust me, I did I did skip quite a lot of this. Eight hundred and thirty six. Eight hundred and thirty six, right? And this bit is on page fifty six. <laughs> so almost eight hundred pages of, of, of building a character. Of character. That's why it takes four hours. Well anyway, yeah, so so there's a lot of stuff that <laughs> is actually too gross to go in here if you found it. Oh my god! Uh, have you right. seen it? I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have to say. Oh, I need to say two words. Go on. Oh my god! Fuck! All right, just these two, and these have their own in bold subtitles, right? Ripped orifice. Yep. And hymen resistance. What the fuck, man? <laughs> that was the bit I didn't want to put into the podcast, but there you go. He said it now. He's fucking horrible, mate. It's disgusting. That is honestly disgusting. You should be fucking ashamed for putting it in your book. Uh, Yeah, so fuck off. Um, But yeah, then you're not even done. You've still got foot size, fist circumference, head circumference, allergies. This is not fun to do, Byron Hall. You are an idiot. If picking your character's appearance manages to be so tedious that it makes you want to die, then you are a terrible, terrible game designer. Ugh. Anyway, here, I will go ahead and redesign the, this entire part of the book for you, Byron Hall. Chapter 2, Body. Now, choose your character's appearance, keeping in mind the physiology of your chosen race. For example, dwarves are typically short and stocky, while bugbears are hulking in her suit. Below, however, is a D100 table of unusual features that you may wish to use if you wish your character to look a little grotesque and different. So that's basically it, yeah. There we go. I've designed that entire fucking chapter of the book and kept it to one fucking paragraph. You're an idiot. Oh, I don't know why I'm so angry about this. But that fucking section of the book, the whole fucking bit where you have to design your body is so long. And I it's... think it's disgusting, right? Because obviously when you do character creation, you get a mental image of everything. But if you're going to this much detail, fuck me. Like, that is disgusting. All of these... <laughs> Really intricate, gross things. Yeah, yeah, but it's not forcing everyone to think up. But do you know what the the worst thing is? The worst thing about it is, is that like the sexual bit of it, right? Bears has no, almost no gameplay connotations. That the the parts about how long your arms are and stuff, (laughs) believe it or not. They have gameplay connotations in this. Yeah, but that makes sense. No, no, but it is actually range of accuracy and no, but it is. It is shit. Yeah, of course. But, but, um, at least it makes a little bit of sense. We'll get into it later on. But fuck's sake, like having to choose like the circumference of your anus. It's like, <laughs> you're an idiot. You're such a fucking idiot for putting this in your book. It's shit. It's fucking pointless and it's shit. And Jesus Christ, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> um, right, so, so the next bit, right? In D&D, you only have six abilities, right? Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, in this you only have five. You've got physique, charisma, dexterity, intelligence, and wisdom. So it's actually really uncomplicated. Good. Only joking. Each one has four sub-abilities, so you really have 20, plus an additional five, and you have to do a formula, which is 10d100 divided by 5 minus 1 for each of the sub-abilities. So the bit at the beginning of the book where it said you only needed two d10s to play this game is an absolute lie. So that's another contradiction. 
Um, I, however, I do actually like some of the categories he split the abilities into. For example, he put enunciation into dexterity, but it mentions this is not just how well you are able to articulate words. It also says this is how quickly you can chant incantations or give commands, which is hilarious. Because basi- so basically, like in the middle of combat, right? If you've got like a well good enunciation score, you'd be like, mate, you gotta go over to there and stab that guy. You go over there and stab that guy. You go over there and stab that guy. And everyone's like, so if you wanna be like a fucking one of those guys, you know, at an auction. Yeah. Hey, it's old. But you could be doing that on the battlefield, mate. Because it specifically says you could do that, but for giving out commands. <laughs> so, yeah. Just cracking, mate. That's, the, that's like two things I've liked about this game so far the racial hatred table. And using your auctioneer skills for giving out commands. Nice. Well done. Anyway, so there's modifiers. You know, um, basically like in D and D, where where you have like a certain score and an ability, and it gives it like modifies your roles when using those abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, well, every ability has its own four-page-long table for modifiers. Well, it's good because you know you need to know loads about them. Exactly. Um, well, there is a general one at the end, right? But there's a little clarification from Byron, right? Because he's helpful, you know. Although the relationships between many variables in the tables for sub-abilities are linear, such as strength and damage, many are also curvilinear, such as sub-ability scores and skill modifiers. Most curvilinear relationships calculators as parabolas. The parabolic formula that opens to the right is y minus y squared equals 4a x minus x. The variable c is the vertical distance from the vertex to y equals zero, and the d is the horizontal distance. Fuck, look at that. That's it. What? I was Mate, this guy's a c- <laughs> what the fuck? The fucking the fucking paragraph explaining it is so long. Yeah, and the, it, his thing at the beginning is like, oh, nothing but common algebra. This algebra formula that I've got in front of me is massive, and it's impossible to understand. I don't get it, and maybe I'm stupid, but I don't get it. It's shit, basically. Byron Hall is a shit game designer. The rest of the game, like after this, might actually be amazing, but this this is fucking abysmal. Like, um. Basically, I'm going to do my best from this point onwards to skip over the rest of the character creation and get through it as fast as I can because I actually can't stand this now at this point. So you basically decide your morality, mind and social status and occupation. Um, 112 pages of occupations. 112 pages of him telling you what different jobs are. Surely this section should only include those notable ones that are unique to his setting. Yep. But no, like for real, like it, it literally tells you what a fucking blacksmith is, what a guy that works in an inn is, like an innkeeper. I mean, it's it's it takes the piss, frankly. Um, but yeah, let me read you this quote. Whore, this female occupation specializes in. So basically, fuck off, Byron. Because I know what you're thinking, right? It was medieval times, it was mostly women. But this is supposedly a setting that borrows heavily from European mythology. Europe, where we had plenty of male prostitution and gay bathhouses. Specifically in Greece, where he said he's he's borrowed like loads from Greek mythology, right? So, I just want to ha- like re-quote something here. 
Fantasy gamers have never seen this degree of historical and mythological accuracy nor detail and realism. Fuck off, Byron. Mate. <laughs> you know, so, it's, 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 just, the it's next, just too much. It's, it is honestly too much, isn't it? So next, um, James, you have to pick out of the 418 different skills, many of which have their own tables, like literally because you want more pointless tables, right? Um, notable ones include masturbating. Like, how is that a skill? How, what is? I how? honestly, I got to, I got to max level at that within a week. <laughs> yeah, first time, bam. First Whoa. time, you know, I was all right. Second time, that's it. I got it. I was, you know, that's it. I mean, seriously, that's not something you need to train in. That's no. not something you learn over the course of the it's many years you're doing a campaign. Every animal, if it has the ability to do, will. It, precisely, ogre, bugbear. You get you start doing that, you're gonna be good at it. Next next one, sexual adeptness, which which you can use to specialise in ejaculation, <laughs> debauchery, or tightness. What? And, I know, mate. And there's a fucking tightness graph with algebra equations showing you how how it affects sexual performance. Again. What? Fuck you, Byron. There's also a spitting skill, and it goes into detail. For example, with a rating of greater than 29, you can launch a loogie 300%, <laughs> 300% the height of the spitter. That is pathetic. That is, that's honestly like some, like, 10-year-old wrote that. Do you know what I mean? Wait a second. If you put 300% the height of the spitter, why don't you just put three times? Good point. Good point. And he's trying to say that all the maths that he's fucking using isn't complicated, where every single one is. That's and a good just, point. Just by saying 300% makes it more complicated, because especially... I, I know, I... That is a good point. Like, why didn't he just write it more simply? It's because he loves to fucking overcomplicate shit. This whole fucking book is that. I re- do you reckon... Do you reckon... No, no. I was going to say, do you reckon he's not a psychopath, <laughs> and this entire <laughs> book was a dare... No, 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 and uh, there is a reason for that. I've I've written this at the end. I know that he took this seriously, and I know I and I know this for a fact because at the end we'll get into that. Just when you think you've hit rock bottom, you see that there's a urinating skill and the urination modifiers table. <laughs> <sighs> urination modifier. Oh God. Anyway, now we're on to the equipment section, and actually most of this is fairly normal. There's a bit about buying and selling slaves, which, as we said with the Testament game, you know, it's if it's setting appropriate, that's fine. And, you know, okay, whatever. There's a bit about torture devices too, which is whatever. It's um, okay, it's fairly tame. There's basically nothing to report here. Combat, as you can probably imagine, is a tedious, messy, crunchy as hell, and it is ludicrously boring. Basically, on any character... You have 17 different hittable parts, and they each have their own hit points called body part points. They also each have their own equipment slots too. So this is where all that rolling for body part proportions and shit comes in. Every time you attack, you roll to see which part you hit, and this varies depending on the build of the foe. And then they roll to defend, then if you hit, you roll damage... Then you roll to see if it gets infected, and then the hit that you've just done is only damaging one of seventeen independent parts. Okay. So, so then, then if you like, so basically, if you damage like that that arm, yeah. then the arm is damaged. Great. <laughs> but see, it's, it's retarded. This is retarded. 
The only way that I can see that this kind of this level of intricacy can make any sense in any game is a mech game, where it's a gigantic mech. Yeah, because that would be that's for simulation nerds. Yes, that's and that what... makes sense. This isn't meant to be a simulation. This is meant to be historically accurate. Bloodfest. If if for people that want gore gore fests and things like this. Mm. I imagine there's some people out there that appeals to. I on my shelf, I've got Hackmaster, right? Mm-hmm. That was part of what appealed to that for me. It's silly and it's gory, right? People, want, you want to have quick combat where you slash things apart it's, and you fucking. It's like it's like Mortal Kombat, you know. It's funny because it's it's silly gore. That's what it is. Well, that's, were, that's the appeal of it. As you were telling me, all the roles that needs to happen to determine where, how, what, by how much, and it, if infected. On the body it's part, like, it's like um, by the time that you've yeah. fucking done it, surely the fun of the gore, if that's the, if that's the point of why you're playing this, surely the fun of that's going to wear off. And actually, that leads very very well into the next part because there's a rule called graphic gore. Basically, if you do a crit, you consult the graphic gore table, right? So you 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 go for the correct body part and the damage type. So for every damage type there's a separate table and for every body part there's also a separate table so there's there's like hacking lower leg and then there's uh, bludgeoning lower leg and then there's slashing lower leg so there's a separate table for each body part and each type of damage right Ugh. so for example right and honestly this is another bit of the game that is fucking pathetic so hacking lower leg the calf muscle is removed bodily attractiveness minus 30% agility minus 50% so like basically what happens is like you as soon as somebody rolls a crit you have the excitement of oh shit I rolled a crit I get yes. to fu- like smacked him we're all good yeah like some sort of blood and guts oh, is going to happen oh but wait a minute yeah okay right consult the table okay right uh, uh, okay, okay page right. page one yeah one okay, right, uh, was um, it ha- was it hacking damage what weapon you were using wait uh, carry the okay. wait x equals what yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Have you was got it? Was it lower leg where you hit? Did you did you bring a calculator? Wait, wait, wait. Did you bring a scientific calculator? Yeah. Okay. And then and then of course, as I mentioned earlier, right? Um, you then have to modify all your sub abilities because now your bodily attractiveness and agility has gone down. So you need to modify your sub abilities, which then modifies your main abilities. So well, you, so need you to, have to re-modify everything after yeah, you, you need to take do that one al- bit of damage. Exactly. So you need to do the algebra again because the crit has happened. So either the DM has to do the algebra, or if it's you being hit, you have to do the algebra. So all the fun of a crit and the blood and the guts has been taken out. It's so boring. It takes all the fun out of a, out of a crit. Another example: hacking groin, male, a testicle is dismembered. Literally, right when I read that, I thought that was the most base level, obvious, just nothing, like like thing you could come up with I felt nothing when I read that I just thought yep great that was exactly what I thought of that's literally like saying uh, you know uh, neck hacking head comes off like I just thought there is absolutely no creativity gone into that and that's just boring so I just thought you know it's it's not clever it's just it's just rubbish absolutely rubbish I just sat there with a blank expression I didn't even know what to write in the show notes I was just like it's shit I mean what he could have done is maybe if you went for the groin maybe the person 
you know, cuts them with an uppercut and it goes right up and goes through to their stomach or something like this. Yeah, you something know? like that where it's just like, also, it's like you kicked them through the chest and it cracks their ribs and one of the ribs pierces the heart. Or, or like something more creative than that than just you take, you lop a testicle off, you're fighting with big fucking weapons. What's the chances that just a tiny testicle is going to come off if you slash them right in the fucking groin? Yeah, but what if they're massive and a hedge testicle comes off? Well, it depends on how well you roll on the big testicle chart. Fucking piece of shit game. Anyway. Oh, my God. Guess what? This, this, you're going to love this. If you roll a natural one on any skill roll, you're punished by the gods. Doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> doesn't matter if it makes sense or if it doesn't make sense or anything. You just are. And the examples it gives are the ceiling collapses on you, lightning strikes on you, or a god just kills the character. Any skill roll. You go into a room. I want to roll perception to see what's in here. You roll a one. God kills you. End of. Your character dies. No reason. Great. Well, that makes fucking sense. Is that historically accurate as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, when they failed at the thing, they died. <laughs> yep, that was that. That was. It's, there's many, many cases in history of that happening. Do you ever remember the story of? Um, uh, no, no, nobody does. Next up, we got the magic, and we are we are trying to get through this. Trust me. But I'm not going to talk about the systems or how the magic works or anything like that. But let's just talk about some of the spells, and these really are pathetic. So here we go. Against menstruation. This spell will cause a woman to stop menstruating. The ritual to do so, however, is as follows. And this is a direct quote. You should fumigate a woman with an ass's dung when the menstruation is on her. This one's good. Business spell. Profits increase by 10%. (laughs) What the... What the fuck? Fuck knows. There's a contraceptive spell. There's a spell that momentarily makes someone a cannibal, right? Right. Which I know what he was thinking, right? But it actually doesn't say that you compulsively turn into a cannibal. You don't just start eating everyone that's around you. Um, so it's kind of actually completely useless because I don't like eat meat, right? But if you cast a spell on me to make me a meat eater, I wouldn't just eat the first thing I'd see. I might go and buy some, but by the time I did, the meat, the spell might wear off. Yeah. So like with this spell, this you, you become a go, cannibal. Go, oh yeah, I quite like that, but I'll have it in a minute. Yeah, and then the spell wears off and you go, oh no, never mind. I'll be like, oh, what did I think now? That? That, that's yeah. not nice, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really shit oh, spell. Oh, I was going to eat your finger. It just shows know. It shows how badly written the spell is. Um, the next one I wanted to speak about was Detect Evanescence. And I didn't actually read the spell description, but I was thinking about the band and it just made me yeah, laugh. imagine that. You, just, you use the spell and it goes, wake me up, wake me up in there. And you're like, ah, oh, I detect evanescence. Oh my God. They're that way. Um, next one is ejaculate blood. Yeah, but if you're the um, that guy who has blood as his... Yeah, if you already do it, it, it wouldn't make any difference. Then what's the point? It's just another... It's just him trying to be extreme and it's really shit. And you're, oh my God, man. It's yeah. so extreme. Ejaculate acid and poison as well. Again, mm. pathetic. Um, there's another one called For an Erection. I don't know why it's called that, but um, casting this spell causes a limp manhood to become a blue-veined throbber. Wow. Um, the, yeah, I did quite like the actual um, explanation of it. Blue-veined throbber. This lasts for 2D 100 minutes. Um, there's one called Force Fart, which <laughs> I re- when I read the actual spell name, I really wanted it to be like the Force from Star Wars. But <laughs> so you sort of go, 
and then uh, no, I wanted it to, I wanted it to be like you fart on someone and then it sends them flying, but unfortunately it oh, wasn't that. Oh man, that would. Uh, no, you you cast you cast it on someone and it forces them to fart. This one is the fucking worst. It's called Have Her Cadaver, right? Cast this on a dead woman and she'll look, sound, smell, taste, and feel just like she was alive. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that um? Yeah. What's the what's the word? Is that necrophilia? Yeah. Well, the thing is, the book doesn't it's um specially say that. But why does why does it specifically say taste and feel and all of this stuff? It's just wrong. It's so wrong. It's like it isn't. It doesn't say necrophilia, but it's like specifically like hinting at aiding in that. Like it's it's fucking horrible. It's fucking horrible. It's like he's wrote this book with all of these things that can happen, right? I reckon he wrote it to save himself from doing any, all of this. Yeah, it's to indulge himself in his own fantasies, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's what... Because otherwise, why has he written this? Why? Why? Because who the fuck would think of this shit? Um, and I'll finish it off with one last spell. Uh, Oroanal causes one orifice of the touch target to function as both an anus and a mouth. Um, and there's a miscast table. I won't go into it that much. But if you fuck up a spell, you might accidentally do a bad spell. The two low lights are flying penises appear and start trying to rape everyone, or gay ogres appear and start trying to rape everyone. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. it really is just the bottom, like bottom of the shit barrel, worst, lowest common dom- denominator. It is just so bad. It's so bad. Um, so I just want to read a direct quote from the back of the book here. Fantasy gamers have never seen this degree of historical and mythological accuracy, nor detail and realism. (sighs) It just pains me to fucking have read this book, man. The magical items are a joke, just a complete bloody joke. Here's a few. So, do you know what? Actually, the last one. So we've talked about, right, that he's put in, he's like talked about rape in this book and done it in a way that is completely irreverent and insulting and he has talked about necrophilia and sex and race and gender and things like this and done it in such ways that are completely completely insulting and there is something that I think in the magical items that will insult people more than all of these things put together go on and I'll warn you before it happens so the first one is um, the first magical item I found was the filter of lust a drink that when you consume it it will make all members of a race of your choice try to rape you for 1d6 hours there's the cursed dildo of adhesion it's an unremovable dildo and I've saved the best for last so this is the one right this is going to piss a lot of people off it's called the ring of lords Whosoever wears this ring will be invisible, except to the creator of the ring. Somehow, this ring wants to return to its creator. The ring is one of many that were created by an evil sorcerer. It will shrink to expand or fit whomever holds it. It It's literally the one ring from Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. He's literally just copied it and put it in his fucking book. And it's called the Ring of Lords. He's such a prick. I know, mate. So that's basically it, mate. Does that's it, the book. That's that's as far as I could get. I mean, there's a little bit more after that, but that that's basically the last section. You know, um, yeah. I I happened across a couple things just so I can touch on really quickly mm. in credits. All right. So firstly, is uh, I give credit where is due salutations alphabetically to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's lame, but. 
<clears throat> there's one name here, Bob Fuller, for hosting games and playtesting. He playtested this fucking thing. And that means that he signed off on it and he enjoyed it. Any playtester, you would expect that they, you know, play it for a number of hours, test all these fucking retarded mental tables mm. and make sure they work. Not only that, but blah, 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 loads and loads of stuff, blah, blah, blah. Most of all, I'd like to thank myself. What? The last fucking... He thanks himself! <laughs> right at the back! And credits! What's wrong with this guy? Oh, I hate him. Um, did you know as well, there was a massive argument that came up because apparently he didn't actually credit a lot of the people that, that helped him with artwork and stuff. Oh, they're, they're, it's covered though. It's covered. Salutations to everyone who contributed and were not credited here. If you have contributed and have not been credited here, please contact Fatal Games to be credited in a future printing or edition. That is before the most of all I'd like to thank myself. What a twat. But that was just a cop-out. He went to that much effort to make up these stupid tables with these fucking algebraic equations that only fucking Stephen Hawking can understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 he wouldn't fucking... And then he wouldn't credit everyone who was involved in ah, it. Ah, but he made sure to thank himself, though. Oh, yeah, so that's, that's the only one he needs to look out for. So, um, there was quite a famous um, review um, written by... Uh, wrote it was written by um, a bloke called uh, Darren McLennan, Darren McLennan uh, a scathing review where he said something that um, is quite brilliantly put, actually. Um, it, was, it was very famous back in the day, right? Um, Fatal is a product so twisted, so fundamentally broken in its attitude towards sexuality, so unbelievably stupid that you'd think the author is trying to make himself look like he's a candidate for institutionalization. Yeah. He's not which makes it even scarier. It's an amazing review, and I'll put a link in the description. And it's really, really, really worth a review, uh, worth a read, because um, of the way it's written and uh, just how angry this guy gets about it. Um, but what is more interesting about this review is that Byron himself replied to the review, and he did it in such a way where he got each paragraph, analysed it, and instead of actually sort of trying to argue and argue for why his game was good all he did was personally attack the guy that wrote the review and stuff um but i picked out a few quotes from byron himself i tried to just pick the points where he did try and defend his game so this is what uh, byron had to say for himself fatal has been played in comparison with ad and d second edition and it does not generally require more die rolls that's bollocks fatal also provides a chance to be ethical and moral beyond any other rpg <laughs> <laughs> Although I philosophically disagree with the foundations of the disposition system, it is more thorough and coherent in terms of ethics and morals than any other RPG. Is it? Well, it's a fair point that you don't have to do all the bad stuff in the book, but he did literally, like, in the book, only focus on doing the evil stuff. Yep. Like, he didn't include loads of systems for doing good stuff, did he? He just included systems... For um, do for, for for raping people. Yeah, the flying for, penises or gay ogres that come out and rape people as a, as a. Yeah, he didn't um include uh, rules for like fucking going out and 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 saving people and being a nice guy, did he? He just included rules for torturing people, for having slaves, for raping people. He, so it's fucking bullshit. He's like, yeah, you cannot do that. But it's like, okay, so why did you just include that? 
So it's bullshit. Um, but yeah, next he goes on to say, and this is hilarious, um, the odds in Fatal are that if you attack a character with a weapon, then they are likely to die. This is an obvious attempt at realism. Um, that's not true. It's it's just not true. Um, they're not likely to die. You're likely to hit one of 17 different body parts and um, do several opposed rolls and calculations. Yeah, and then and then they'll take a slight bit of damage to that one of 17 parts. That's it. Um, that's bollocks. And then I found another quote. By the way, I think Cannibal Corpse is awesome musically, lyrically, and athletically. <laughs> What? I don't know what the fuck he meant by that. Athletically. Yeah. And uh, one final thing. Uh, <laughs> thanks to the Wayback Machine, I was able to go back and look at the original website for this game. And two things. First off, there's an official theme song for the game. What? Do you want to listen to it now? Oh my god! Uh, this is fucking terrible. It's so bad. And you know the um, the YouTube video description I found said a music video about the worst RPG ever made. The song's so bad. And um, yeah, secondly, I found on the website that the title did not originally stand for "From Another Time, Another Land." It stood for "Fantasy Adventure to Adult Lechery." What? So yeah. Um, in conclusion, what do you think? Um, think you would ever fucking play that? Fuck right off. I don't think in the entirety of that entire book, there were two things that I liked, and it was that table, that one table with the with the racial hatred that I'm fairly certain other fucking books have done and probably done better, and the enunciation thing that I found funny that probably isn't even that good. Hmm. That's it. I'd, I'd... <laughs> I think this man has a child's understanding of how to create games. I think what he did was he, he basically tried to put as much in as possible, which is dumb, which is really dumb. It's not finished when you're done putting things in. It's finished when you're done p- taking stuff away, typically. Um, so, yeah, it's foolish. He has a child's understanding of of men and women. He has a child's understanding of... Um, how to write and design games it is a fool in basically every sense of the word and this is one of the worst books I've ever read in my life well I don't know how you did it Harrison mate but my hat's <laughs> off to you um, well done for enduring that um, but you know this was, this has been such a scathing fucking <laughs> podcast um, yeah sorry man but I'm glad I, I, th- I thought that like you know I in all the other ones that we've done, you know, with like Testament and um, the the other sex book, what was it called? The Book of Erotic Fantasy. Mm. I was ju- I was pleasantly surprised with the the level of devotion and how these people weren't weirdos and how they they genuinely made something that they cared about and made something like a good product and yeah. genuinely cared about the people that were going to read their book. Whereas Byron seems to just give a fuck about himself. He wanted to make something. And he wanted to make something for him. Fine. Well, don't he, fucking publish it then. He thanked himself at the end. Yeah. He, Wait, sorry, I need to ask. Did you thank yourself in well, AVR? And Aliens versus Rednecks? Yeah. Uh, no. Why not? You know, I'm going to fucking change it. I am. 
from now on, whenever I whenever I write any published material, I will thank myself for the end of it. That's the change. <laughs> I'm going to do that from now on. There and it's go. going to have. There's one thing you can take away from it. Thank, remember cocks. to thank myself. That my next my next um, uh, adventure for Savage Worlds is going to be aliens versus flying cocks, and it's going to have me thanking myself at the end. That is complete uh, an untruth. That is a joke, ladies and gentlemen. Please do not go and searching for that. But yeah. Would you ever... Uh, is there a single no. single idea no. from that? Okay, good. Never. Right, we're moving on. In a land far beyond your imagining, adventure waits. And down beneath you will find things that you never dreamed of seeing. Goblins, orcs, treasures, mountains of gold. Will you be brave enough to delve deep and beat the final boss of the dungeon? This is Adventure Calls. Available for forty nine ninety nine ninety nine. Available at all good retailers. Yo, yo, yo. So this is an adventure course. We need something to lighten up the mood after all of that crazy crap. Exactly. So we basically, we know that um, prank calls are, are are lame, you know. Yeah, they're lame. And they're pathetic. Yeah, yeah. But guess what we're going to do? A prank call! Well, we're not going to do one. We're going to do three. Because um, I actually recorded these the other day and uh, all of them turned out a bit short. So I've done three prank calls for you. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen, and they're all somewhat RPG-related. Bosh! The first one we're going to start off with, uh, I called a pest control company pretending to have a problem with goblins. Hello, Kerry. Uh, my name's Mundungulo, and uh, basically, I'm having some problem with some pests. I wonder if you'd be able to help me. What pests are you having problems with? There? Well, I've been noticing over the last few days that some of my bread has been going missing. <coughs> And basically, um, I, I, I've been noticing this, and then last night I, I woke up in the middle of the night because I heard a scritching coming from downstairs, and I think you know what I'm going to say here. Basically, I came downstairs and I noticed, yes, you're right, it was goblins. So, I wonder if you know anybody that can deal with goblins. Well, I wonder if you could send anybody down that would be able to get rid of the goblins. Yes, we can do the goblins for you. Okay, brilliant. That's what. That's music to my ears. But goblin slayer. You, fantastic. A goblin slayer. What is his name? Gandalf. Do you know him? So if you give me your name, address, and a contact telephone number, I shall get the goblin slayer along to your property. I'm surprised you know Gandalf. He's very sought after. Okay, well, my name is Fandangbilo, and I live in uh, the house atop the hill, and my I do not have a telephone number, but if you send a hawk with a message attached to its beak, it shall get to me. Yes, of course I can. See you shortly then. Bye-bye. Bye. Note to self. Note to you. Hang up the phone properly next time. Okay, she appears to have done it now. And for the next prank call, which again, I know is pathetic, I went for a classic. Uh, hi, I have a bit of a weird, uh, weird question. Yeah? Um, basically, you stand at the entrance to a cave. From within, you can hear the sound of goblins. Do you enter the cave? Yes. Okay, you enter the cave. Inside, there is a dripping sound. The cave forks to both the left and the right. Which path do you take? Left. As you go left, 
there is a goblin standing in your way. He looks at you. Give me your money, he says. What do you do? You are currently holding a knife. I don't know. Okay, you can either stab the goblin or you can run back the way you came. Run. Okay, you run away. The goblin follows. You are now outside the cave, but the goblin is given chase. What do you do? Hide. You hide in the bushes. You are successful. The goblin does not know where you've gone. You may sneak out and surprise the goblin, or you can try and sneak round and go back to the cave and continue your journey in search of the treasure. Which do you do? Um... A difficult choice, Dungeoneer. Oh dear, it appears our Dungeoneer has given up when the choice has got too tough for her. Yet another failure. And for the final one, I went for a bit of Harry Potter flavour. Good afternoon, thanks for calling the Warner Brothers Studio Two Online Shop. Through to Matt, how can I help? Hello, Matt. Yeah, uh, actually, my name's Matt as well. Basically, okay. um, I'd like to make a quick complaint here. Yeah? Because oh. I bought that Luna Lovegood one, didn't it? Because that's the wicked one, and it? it's the well good one. But I do like it, right? But when I got it home, right, it don't work. Because I tried to turn my sister into a hideous frog, right? Because she's always annoying me, right? She's always, like, giving it a large, and, like, she's, like, coming into my room, taking my stuff. And I come home, right, I tried to turn her into a frog. It don't bloody work. Thing don't work. That's terrible. I can't believe that. Normally, it's really good. Is it? Normally, every time you turn someone to try and turn someone into a frog, they're a frog. So why don't my one work? That's shocking. Because because the thing is, I need to get my revenge, mate. She's been giving it large for years, and she needs. Uh, I need my revenge. Because if she ain't a frog in the next week, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to push her off a cliff or something. I think you're gonna need to go to Hogwarts, really. Just do a quick study. Just learn that one spell. Well, actually, mate, that's another thing. Because I went on that Warner Brothers studio tour, right? I got on the train. I was sitting there for six hours. It didn't even go nowhere. Wow. I looked at I, the people on the train. They weren't even real. They was mannequins, right? Harry Potter, he ain't even got a face. What's sure up with right? that? Are you sure that they weren't real and you're not the mannequin? You're blowing my mind there, mate. I gotta it's be honest possible. with you. I'd had a couple of joints today. I don't even know what's real anymore. I'm, so I'm I... saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. Do you want to meet up and go for a pint or something? I can't. I got to work. I got. To, I got to work till eight o'clock. And that's the most unbelievable thing about this conversation that I've got to work that long on a day like today. Well, I just think I think you're you're quite switched on, bruv. You're quite you seem like you know your shit. So, um, so I can come down there. I can switch you for another one, right? That'll work. Also, do you know yeah. where I can buy a gun? Because that's gonna help as well. <laughs> uh, I will just say this call is recorded, so I cannot answer that question. All right, but we'll talk about that later in the pub, innit? We'll talk about that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, see you later, bruv. Cheers, mate. Bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I like them. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Good times. Um, but yeah, so that's Adventure Calls, everyone. I mean, um, yeah, so, you know, it's pretty lowbrow, but there we go. No, they're funny. So I've made a new friend there. We 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 met up. We're now happily married. So I don't know what I'll do for like the next prank call. I'll probably well, I don't know. something like, like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> shit, what the fuck is that? What is that? What is it? Uh, shit, somebody's firing at us. Um, actually, I think I might know who it is, what? and in inviting you here, you might—I well, might have put you in danger. I've almost been killed. 
Um, well, yeah, so have I, mate. So, technically, we're both almost being killed right now. Okay, so if you know about it, then tell me about okay, it. Okay, well, clearly it's your fault. Basically, last week, um, we see, see this guy in the corner here. Hello. I haven't noticed him. Yeah, I mean, well, he's very, uh, he's very forgettable. It's not the point. We kidnapped him. It turns out that um, her, his wife is a really powerful woman, and she's an assassin, and she's trying to kill us. And she's called the PayPal Highway Woman, and she's trying to get him back. And basically, now she appears to be firing on us with machine gun fire. I don't know what we're gonna do. Um, well, well, maybe you should just give me back. Shut the fuck up. Oh, fuck me, man. I did not realise you were using him as a chair. Well, yeah, I mean, of course. What else am I going to do? I'm going to sit on a chair like a hobo? No, I sit on my slaves. Anyway, we got to do something about this. Ah! Machine gun fire, man. Fucking hell, man. This is so scary. Um, Jesus. Listen, all I want is my husband back. Fuck off. I mean, don't ah! hurt me. Shut up. Look. Sorry. Just send him out here now, or I shall continue with the machine gun fire. Harrison, mate. Wait, wait. no, 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 wait, wait. How about this? We will we'll give him back... When you die! Ah! Sorry, sorry, sorry! That was a bad thing to do. I shouldn't have said that. Oh, man. Okay, she's firing again. Um, can we... Do, do you have... Do, do you have any grenades on you, James? Um... Do you have any grenades? I've wet myself. Oh, God, sorry. Um... Okay. Right. Uh, actually, take this. I'm gonna t take this bottle of vodka. And right. this rag. And you're gonna drown your sorrows. No, uh... Good, good, good idea. idea yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna take it. <sighs> but now, right. Okay. Light this rag, and this is what they, we call in the business a Molotov cocktail. Right now, just throw this out the window at that woman there. When you pop up, you might get penetrated by. Why are you making me do this? Look, look. Because you're the guest. You get the. It's the. That's right. The... I'm the fucking guest that gets roped into almost getting killed just because you. No. 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 It's yeah. fun. It's fun. You get to experience the exhilaration of almost getting. Sh well, probably getting I shot by. I pissed myself. That's not exhilarating. Exactly. So she's not going to want to shoot you. Fine. 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 Just... Fine. Just... Fine. All right. If I say fine enough, then it'll be fine. Exactly. Just convince yourself that it's fine because it is, James. Uh, right. Take this. Wow. Well, that worked. Nice. I mean, yeah, I did that on purpose. This, this isn't piss. James, definitely piss don't worry about it, mate. I'll, I'll lend you a, a pair of shorts or something. Right, well, seems to have all been patched up nicely. I'll put some cardboard over the window. On with the podcast. to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the Electro Letter. This is Electro Letters, right, James? Yes. Okay, <laughs> listen. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. This so is... the letters that shock you. No. Um, this is just, uh, this is where we read the listener mail. And this week we asked you for your controversial stories. Stories, what are the most controversial things that happened in your gaming groups? And we'll start off with Richard Woolcock. 
He said, the only controversies I can really think of relate to railroading and player agency. When I ran War of the Dead, one of the players became extremely angry when her character was tracked down and captured by a gang of bikers. I was able to justify it in-game. The rest of the group have been captured, including an NPC who, who could have given away the PC's location, and it was necessary for the story, otherwise she would have been left behind on the next adventure. But the player still insisted she should have been able to escape. And then he follows up with, When I invited some friends over to play Chickens in the Mist as a one-shot, using the student archetypes from ETU, one of the players was adamant that his character wanted to drive back to campus and call the cops the moment he found something weird. I came up with the various explanations as to why that would be a bad idea, e.g. peer pressure and reputation amongst the other students, the fact that the sheriff hated students and always blamed them if anything went wrong, etc. But the player wouldn't budge. In the end, I just told him that if his character went home, he'd either have to sit out the adventure or play a different character. <laughs> yeah, that's Good a bit work. of a weird one, isn't it? Because the, in Chickens in the Mist, basically you go to this like place and you find these big mutated chickens and have to fight them. And yeah. it's like, if you just went home and called the cops, there'd be, be no adventure. Yeah, but it's retarded, though. It's like, having that outlook on it, it's like, okay, I'm about to play the game that I know about it. So if I see anything weird, I'm going to... I want to break the game and call the cops. It's just like, well, no. But that's... But you're, that's the whole point of playing that game. Yeah, you're the guy. Like You have to be there and you have to deal with it. Yeah, you're the guys that are dealing with it. If you, if you hold your hands up and say somebody else has to deal with it, there's no fucking story. I mean, at, at the end of the day, you could... If you wanted to go down that route and you think you're, that's what your character would do, fine. But have a backup character of a cop sheet prepared, maybe. <laughs> but that's the only way I could think that that would work. But that player was being a bit of a fucking idiot because it's like the, you're the main character. Imagine if you stuck on Rush Hour 2 and at the beginning Jackie Chan goes, it's not my business, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd be like, well, this is, that was a shit movie and it only lasted 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a bit of a weird one. Okay, so yeah, Eric Lamoureux. It says, I know there's that big controversy slash war with the old school gamers saying that indie RPG games aren't RPGs, but story games. But this war has been going on for years. That's probably a massive generalisation. I mean, if anybody does say that, they're pretty bloody wrong, I guess, to an extent. Because there are a lot of those nowadays. For example, um, I would say that Bubblegum Shoe probably falls into that category a little bit, um, and the Gumshoe system in general, where it's sort of like, if you get the right role, you get you definitely get the clue, and it's like, but what if you weren't looking in the right place? What if you what if the clue literally isn't there? What you know, blah blah blah. It's just you you're sort of working together to create a story. So you would tell the DM, oh, this is the clue I got, you know, and things like this. You're collaborating on making a story as opposed yeah. to. You know, the, the the DM's already decided where the clue is and you have to find it and things like this. It's more like collaborative storytelling games. There are a lot of those out there and there are more nowadays, especially in the indie market. But they're not all like that. That's completely fucking incorrect. Yeah, I would say that that's, that's a massive generalisation, basically. It's not it, not all the games are like that. There's probably more common nowadays. And I can imagine a lot of the old farts going, well, back in my day, you know, things were different. We didn't have all these collaborative storytelling games. And it's like... Yeah, if you don't like them, you know what you can do. Not play them. Yes. It's pretty easy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Simple. Then we, we got one from Luis Pineda, and he says, Playing Rippers years ago, and we were investigating an isolationist village in the mountains of Spain that were aiding bandits. There was reason to believe the bandits were werewolves on account of wolf sightings in an area wolves have been extinct for some time. 
Turns out the entire village were either skinwalkers or infected werewolves, including the children. So after taking out the adults and burning the village down, we had to decide what to do with the children. We sent a runner to telegraph headquarters about what to do. The order came back to execute all of the survivors, all of them, no matter how young. Five willful players playing characters with strong convictions on what was right and wrong meant it turned into PvP combat and then the slaughter of children. We stopped playing that setting <laughs> after that. Bloody hell. Wow. Did they? I wonder if they had the PvP because they were role-playing it heavily or because they actually argued at the table and didn't want to fight each other in real life. I reckon because they argued. Do you reckon? Yeah. Like in real life or because the characters argued? Well, I think a bit of both because usually when your character... When you're arguing for your character, well, not usually. Sorry, we, I think we have managed to grow into the role playing aspect of it, and we will role play our character way more heavily than we did. In you the past. definitely feel it a little bit, don't you? Yeah, but if you're if you're arguing as your character, you're gonna believe what you're arguing for. Because unless, you, you have to, when you're role-playing, you do get into character. Oh, yeah, you have to. Even if it's something that you won't necessarily agree with as your own person, you agree with it from the character's perspective. So you're going to be like, well, no, because it's going to be like that. Yeah. Like, my character believes this, therefore that is that. So I reckon a lot of the people at the, t- at the table were like, no, we can't kill the children because it, they're children. But then other people must have been like, and, and they probably really felt it. And then other people were, were, were like, but they might be werewolves and fucks. And like, <laughs> they probably, after that, they it's like, I yeah, can imagine that. There was the end some of bad that, blood. At the end of that fight, right? It's just a tumbleweed moment. Yeah. At just, the end of all of that, it yeah, was just, Good game, guys. Right, see you later. And then they just... Yeah, it's just like, no matter what time it was, finish up early. It's like, all right, okay, bye. Yep, see you later. All right, yeah. Do you want to play Rippers next week? No, nope. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there's one from Manuel Hems. And he says, Last session of my Savage Worlds of Warcraft game, the, the players had to wake a very grumpy NPC in the middle of the night. He responded by pouring the contents of his chamber pot out the window... And onto them, splashing the rogue with pee. The player was shaking with disgust at the table. I didn't elaborate or describe it in detail, but simply the thought was almost too much for her. Well, I do you know uh, that to me is quite tame. But if I very, recall correctly, right? In, in my opinion, I well. think I think because I do know Manuel personally. He's a friend of mine. Um, I think he played this with his family, right? It might have been his girlfriend's family, and it was their first time. Oh, no. So I reckon that... Yeah, but that's that wouldn't have been like an uncommon thing. <laughs> yeah, but Is maybe it, it's he, because they're not used to it, and the the, the everything that they thought they probably was were picturing far it. too vivid. Yeah, they were picturing it really well. And to, to like maybe for us, like some of the shit we've seen, you know, now I've read Fatal, that's that's nothing to me. Oh, nothing. Give, give me like, give me eight chamber pots. Fuck it, you know. But yeah, I mean that that actually maybe it's time to start uh, start dialing it back and start imagining these things more, um, because that is fucking horrible. And to 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 uh, for us to be this this fucking um, yeah, desensitized, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's yeah, bad, I isn't just, it? I literally, I, as you said that, I thought about it, and I was like, well, imagine if that happened. And although not the entire content if, if that happened to went me, on to me, some of it did. Even if a little bit of it went on me, You'd I would be like, huh? I'd burn the fucking clothes I would wear in. I would go home and I'd go fucking, mental. I would sh- I would scrub myself with a fucking wire yeah, brush. You'd go sick at whoever committed that crime against you. You totally would. And so yeah, you know what? I I, I think it's bad that I'm desensitized, and it's 
I think it's actually quite a good story to see somebody, if, if in fact if this is who I was thinking of, somebody new getting into it that much. Where, oh, they're yeah. di- where they're disgusted so much that they're shaking. I hope, I hope, and, and let me know, Manuel, I hope that they've got their revenge on that person and beat yeah. them up or something. It'd be good. Although, speaking of that one, there's something that um, happened in one of our games a, a little while ago. I'm not going to go into full detail, but the short version of it was one of my characters died in whilst in a sewer. Oh my God, they but drowned. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't just a, your bog standard sewer. It was specifically for excrements in a prison in a prison so yeah it was it was graphic really graphic it it had to be though because it took place over a long amount of time yep yeah so unfortunately it was like yeah they were they were trying to get out and it was like well you know you're drowning so so it it had to be a sort of like second to second sort of commentary on what was happening because Mm. and it was only really it was so graphic and because of you know, you can, I'm sure you can imagine being in that atmosphere. It, it had to be and had to be explained what was happening. It was only sl- like at that point still grossed me out a bit, but that has nothing on just a bit of pee. But yeah. obviously now thinking about it, it's hideously nasty to get a chamber pot thrown over you. Yes. But yeah, um, next question comes in from a lad called Peter Beckett. He says, "My question <laughs> to you guys, if it hasn't already been asked." What do you consider to be the most overrated system around? And I'm going to come out straight and say it. I'm going to say D&D, right? And this is a blanket statement about all of them. Now, the only reason I say this, and they are great systems, the only reason I say it's overrated is because when people think of RPGs, that's the one they think of. That's the default one that everyone goes to, and it is great. Even 5th edition is great, like from what I've heard. I haven't played it, but... Fourth edition was was good and and three point five and second was great but or AD and D but the the fact of the matter is is that it annoys me that that it's the system that it's the one that people go to well it's the one that you know it's so it's so easy to explain to someone who says I'm having games night and they're like what are you doing are you playing Xbox are you going to play table tennis or something you know something like this like, no I'm playing tabletop RPGs. And then like, like, what's, what's that? that? You, like, you know, like D&D and that stuff. And then everyone goes, oh, yeah, I know Dungeons oh, yeah, and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that annoys me. And that annoys me because it's it's not it's, it's not overrated because uh, most people that even play it will agree that it's not the best one. But it's, it's the one that everyone knows. So they always go back to play it. Yeah. And so... Easy reference point. I, I would agree that like, um, you know, and even I would say back, back in the third episode of this podcast, I said the Pathfinder was my favourite system. And I, we're going to probably do a corrections episode at some point. And I would go back and say that, that, yeah, it's totally not now. But the fact of the matter is is that with regards to, to those systems, they're great, but they don't deserve the amount of praise that they've got. I mean, nowadays, there are systems that I enjoy way, way, way more than any of the D20-based ones and the D&D ones, you know. And I'm glad that people get so much joy out of them. I really am, but fuck why are they as big as they are well we know why they are but they shouldn't be is my point <laughs> what do you reckon James oh, it's a really difficult question for me to answer to be honest because I don't but you've played plenty I, mean, I know I've played plenty but, but I'm just trying like, to think about what's the most overrated and it's like well each one I've I've enjoyed but I suppose you don't have that much interactions with the communities of them. No, really. not you at just all. play with us. And, yeah. and then right. I mean, I can say what one of the most underrated systems is. I think. Yeah, I suppose. Flip the question. I think. Uh, wait, is made a system? Yeah, of course it's a system. It's his own system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, made. 
Fuck it, we're flipping the question, and James, you're going with Maid. For I'm going with Maid, yeah, just because it's so much fun. And Peter, he's he's dying to play it. Yeah, and, more, and most people just write it off as, um, as one of those games that is supposed to be like just a shitty comedy RPG that like, you're not supposed to play it and we you know love what, it you know what I enjoyed the most out of it was the, the ability to just be absolutely mental in it and it doesn't matter the ability to just you know they have that random um, events table on the 666 table and you roll three d three uh, singular d6 it's so flexible like, and it's just it's just wicked exactly so if you want to play it in like a random mode where you just want to sit down 15 minutes get a game out of the way real quick you can do mm. that. Or if you want to play something with a bit more depth where you've written some stuff for it, you can. Yeah, that's a good underrated system. And an overrated system is D&D. So there we go, Pete. Bosh. we got one more question, and I feel like this is the... This is, this is a bit of a waste of our time. It comes from my brother who says, who's the cat who won't cop out when there's danger all around? Who is that? Is it Shaft? Is it Shaft? No, mate. Is it Shaft? <laughs> is it shaft? I feel like I'm stuck on a lo- shaft loop here. Shaft. You have done well in making it this far. And I would expect no less from the son of our master. So you are the one who was controlling Belmont? Yes. I am the dark priest called Shaft. This world must be cleansed in the forge of chaos. So that was that was a bloody episode. Thank you very, very much for listening, everyone. Um, yeah, this week we don't really have time to do a full shout-outs section, so I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to a wonderful bloke. He is a good friend of mine. His name is Matt Stark. Matt Stark. Matt Stark, and he has got a new blog that's on the Nerds. The Nerds? It's on the Nerds, James. Oh my god, man, the Nerds. Um, it's on the Nerds International Network, and it is called Thoughts of a Barbarian. Matt Stark, I did not know he was a barbarian. Had I known that when I met him, I don't know if we'd be as good friends as we are. But Thoughts of a, Bar- Thoughts of a Barbarian.blogspot.com. Go and give that a read because he's got some really, really um, good reviews on there. Um, yeah, very, very decent reviews. He's got tutorials on there. He's um, got a really cool writing style and he is a very, very cool guy. So I would check that out. But before we close the show out, James, we always like to give everyone a thought for the week, something to keep their brains going, some mind food to keep them going before the next episode comes out so that they don't get bored because we know how tedious life can be when the only thing out there is a fatal RPG. And... The- <laughs> The thought of the week this week is going to be... That unknown artist guy sure has made a lot of music over the years. And before we leave you, there's going to be one thing, one final thing that connects us all. One final thing that gives us... That lets us know that we are one being, that we are in fact connected. That we are actually just one person and that if we all harness the energy of the universe we can actually think as one being a hive mind and that thing is chicken mcbosh oh yeah oh yeah and thanks for coming on james cheers cheers mate
Right, I'm gonna try this again. Fuck! No, no, you must do it like this! Look, you, you can't just keep saying, do it like this, okay? And then doing a sick solo. It, it doesn't work like that. I can't just fucking look at you and imitate what you're doing. It's easy. Just play well. Don't just keep saying play well. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't work like that. Just play well. Play well. It's easy. <laughs> you're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. You're a guitar genius, but you're a fucking moron of a teacher, okay? This is ridiculous, and I hate you. Okay, let me try it one more time. That's terrible. You're a bad one. <laughs> okay, fuck you. I'm leaving. Fuck you too.